get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Alongside Tanner Henderson and Grant Francis, I'm Alex Ferrario. No BK this week celebrating the birth of their new baby boy. He will be back with us next week, so congrats to all of them. But he does miss out on our favorite time of the week, which is catching up with our Cardinals insider, Katie Wu. Katie, you officially made it to the All-Star break. How's it feel? We have made it to the All-Star break, and uh, what an unforgettable first half for those St. Louis Cardinals, guys. Unforgettable? I would go with more forgettable because, man, I would try to forget it. Yeah, I, Katie, I've been trying to forget it since day one of the regular <laughs> season, and it's just been um, it's just been impossible to do. But, look, we got to start with the positives, which is something rare that we say this season, but... Katie, Steven Matz did everything he needed to do to prove that he deserves to be in the rotation. The issue is he's got to continue this. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Steven Matz was really encouraging in his performance on Sunday. Keep in mind, he was not built all the way to go 90 pitches, working in that extended role in the bullpen. But for him to rack up the line that he did, nine strikeouts over five and a third on 75 pitches, that looked like the Steven Matz the Cardinals are really going to need to rely on in the second half, regardless of what the playoff picture looks like. Steven Matz is a Cardinal for the next two years after this, and the way that their pitching is shaping up for the next couple of seasons, they're going to need him to be in that rotation. But it was really encouraging for me to see Steven go back, work on all the things that he talked about doing during his uh, stint as a reliever, and come back and look like the starter the Cardinals are envisioning come the spring. Katie, I, I thought over the weekend Yvonne Herrera was really impressive in the two games that he caught behind the plate. What did you make of his performance, and do you think he can has he secured a spot after the All-Star break on this roster? Yeah, so I thought when the Cardinals brought up Herrera, obviously it was need-based with Kisner going on the IL, but why they brought him up, I thought there was actually more to that move. If the Cardinals are just looking for a backup catcher for their backup catcher to carry them through the All-Star break, I think they would have gone with someone like Trace Barrera, but because they brought in Herrera... I've, those names are going to get me so confused at some point during this segment, <laughs> just to let you guys know. Um, because they brought in Herrera, I think it was to uh, see as much playing time as possible. We've seen Wilson Contreras get more time as the DH, uh, was working on a couple things over the offseason, of course, the dental procedure that he had. But for Herrera, with the Cardinals bringing him up, I think it was to give him some extended playing time. I think he's warranted that with his performance in AAA. And I've been really encouraged, I think, by his overall poise and his demeanor. He looks like a more, not just mature player, but a player who trusts himself, is a little more confident. I think last season, and he said it as well, he wasn't quite sure if he was ready to be in the big leagues. And I'm not saying he's going to be the full-time catcher, of course, with Contreras here. But I do think in this playing time, he's warranted more consideration because at this point, at this time, he does look ready to be here. We're talking with our Cardinals insider covering the athletic for the Cardinals, Katie Wu. Katie, you mentioned Wilson Contreras and a bad day for him yesterday, albeit his offense carried the team, but defensively and behind the plate, he is struggling. What Does his role change as the everyday catcher moving forward this season and further into his contract? 
You know, I think this season, especially in the second half, we're going to see the Cardinals do a lot of maybe unorthodox things because, let's be honest, guys, the likelihood that they reach the playoffs is very slim. <laughs> so this could be a, a door for the Cardinals to be a little more experimental. And that would be an area where I think uh, they would try that with Contreras. What that we saw on Sunday in particular was textbook what I think 29 other teams would have seen when they saw the Cardinals sign Contreras. You're going to get some offense. You're going to see him carry the team that way, but the defense is always going to be a step behind that offense production. Uh, cost them two runs yesterday. They were obviously, you know, thanks to JoJo Romero, able to get that win in the south side. But I think next in the next two months is the perfect time for the Cardinals to experiment that. I think they've already started that again with that split playing time, seeing him as DH. Um, at some point, the Cardinals are going to have to see what they have in Herrera. They're going to have to see if he can fill in what kind of role, if he could potentially be traded. They're going to have to identify that. They know what they have in Kisner, and I could definitely see Kisner getting even better the more playing time that he gets. I think Kisner's had a really strong year in his opportunity so far. But I would not be surprised at all if we see the Cardinals kind of tweak Contreras' role over the next two months and see how that will perhaps shape his usage for his years going forward. Katie, moving forward, if Wilson Contreras has a more of a workload as a DH compared to a catcher, do you consider that a bust of a contract or a signing for the Cardinals? I would I wouldn't consider it a bust of a contract, but I would consider it a bust of signing a catcher. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because when the Cardinals were obviously we talked about this so many times, guys, no one is expecting or looking to replace or to replace Yadier Molina. But when John Mozeliak and Wilson Contreras met and they ultimately agreed to sign, they both said we're looking to find a primary catcher. They did not want to do this platoon between a DH and a catcher like Contreras did in Chicago. So with that being understood and that premise being set, I would think if the Cardinals get to that point where he is platooning again and is splitting time between those positions, that would be a fail in signing a starting catcher. Now, of course, Contreras can still contribute on the other side of the plate. We've seen it. I do think the more that he hits consistently, obviously, the better he'll be. And sometimes that takes a while in that first year. You talk to guys like Goldie, like Nolan Arenado, their first year uh, signing a big contract or coming to a new organization didn't go as they hoped either. Um, but from playing time and based on how that might be in the future, yes, I would say that would be a bust of signing a catcher. Katie, you had mentioned you know that they may try and experiment with things because their playoff chances are slim. Do you think that they've already determined that they are sellers, or do you think there is still some hope within both the organization and the front office that they can potentially turn things around getting close to the deadline and maybe hold or buy? You know, it's going to sound crazy, probably because it is. Don't do it, but Katie. I, don't think, I do not think the Cardinals have fully convinced themselves that they should be sellers Oh no! because of the division. And to me, that's a mistake. I'm not advocating to just give up and stop trying, but I think there is a way to salvage the season and make, or salvage the rest of the season and punt on the next two months so they can set themselves up to contend in 2024. Look, when you look at this roster, it's clear they should not be underperforming this much. I'm not talking about the pitching necessarily, but the roster overall. They have the pieces they, can, they need to be competitive. It's just a, a matter of finding where they fit. And right now, there's a bunch of positional log jams. We've talked about the outfield. We talk about the middle infield. That's maybe complicating the matters a bit in terms of roster production. We know the Cardinals need pitching help, both from a rotation standpoint and from a bullpen standpoint. The Cardinals could utilize some of those pieces to get that pitching help or at least get a jump start on it. But because of the division and because it's not very competitive, even though the record does not suggest this should be feasible at all, 
I can still see the Cardinals trying to avoid a full sell at the trade deadline. Katie, shouldn't there be concern, though? And I'm, I'm asking this from like a Cardinals fan's perspective. If they convince themselves that they're not sellers and they try and make a run with it, that they wait too long and come August 1st, the best return isn't available if they do opt to trade pieces away? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I think this trade deadline, more than any in the recent years leading up to it, are it's so important, not just for this season, but for the trajectory of the club going forward. The Cardinals at this trade deadline are essentially telling the fan base what their plan is and if they've learned anything from this disaster of a first half. That's why I think it'll be so interesting to see what they actually do. Part of me wants to be optimistic that there will be a different kind of trade deadline that, you know, I, I, again, I've said this before, I don't think the Cardinals need to fully rebuild, nor do I think that's even a matter of question for the front office at this trade deadline. But how they approach it, what moves they make, what moves they don't make, will set the tone for not just this season, but for seasons to come. And, you know, again, if they wait too long, they'll be essentially shooting themselves in the foot for 2024 and 2025. And that's not something they can afford to do, especially given the, the new schedule and the fact that this NL Central is only going to get better. We've already seen that with the Pirates starting to turn the corner a little bit, but definitely the Reds. Katie, yesterday, first round of the MLB draft, and the St. Louis Cardinals elect to go with the 21st pick. They go with uh, Chase Davis from Arizona. What did you make of that pick from the St. Louis Cardinals? You know, I like it. Um, Chase Davis, we talked to him on Zoom yesterday. Very charismatic. I think Cardinals fans will like him. That energy is contagious. And I'm always going to be happy to see another Northern California kid come <laughs> join me in St. Louis at some point. But I think when you're looking at what Randy Flores has done as director of scouting, that work speaks for itself, especially that 2020 draft. And Chase Davis was an, a name they were keeping on during 2020. But, of course, with COVID, that draft was shortened to just five rounds. So Davis ultimately went unclaimed. But they kept tabs on him for the following three years. Davis knows Jordan Walker, Tink Hens, Mason Wynn. He's hit with Dylan Carlson out in the Sacramento area. They're both from the same hometown, but went to rival high schools. And that kind of Cardinals connection, I think, and the fact that, that you know the, the Cardinals scouting, develop, uh, scouting team had been looking at him for so long, I think it's a great pick. You don't always draft for a need, especially in the first round. You draft for what's best available. But when you're looking at the Cardinals' depth system and their farm system outfield specifically, I think the Cardinals were able to check both boxes there. Ken, you mentioned Tink Hintz, and Tink Hintz was a part of the Futures game over the weekend in Seattle along with Victor Scott. Both guys played pretty well at the Futures game, but my question more is about what could they potentially impact the club in 2024? And, and that may sound crazy at first, but last year in the Futures game, Jordan Walker was there, and as we've seen, he's up with the big league team now. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think it's difficult for especially Tink Hens because he's a pitcher and they often take a little bit longer to become major league ready. But I think Victor Scott has put himself on the radar. I don't know necessarily if they're going to be knocking on the door 2024 spring training, but definitely names to keep an eye on maybe towards the end of 2024. But certainly when you're looking at some of these prospects we've been talking about for a while with Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, uh, Mason Wynn, those guys, you know, obviously Gorman and Walker are there. Mason Wynn is almost. I think that's kind of the area that they're looking at now, and maybe Tink Hens and, and, and Victor Scott towards the end of 2024. But one thing that I think is pretty admirable about this Cardinals farm system is how they keep replenishing it, even though they'd never really draft all that high, although that might change after this 2023 season. <laughs> 
Katie, we always appreciate your stuff. Go enjoy this little bit of a break you have after the first half of the season, and we'll chat with you next week once we get underway for the second half. You got it, guys. Enjoy the break. There you go. That's Katie Wu, our Cardinals insider. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu, and, of course, subscribe to The Athletic to get uh, all of your Cardinals information from Katie, our Cardinals insider.